You are listening to the light of today with the powerful, life-changing Word of Christ that heals, delivers, transforms, and fills you with the Holy Spirit. Let God's truth burst forth into your heart. Stay tuned to the light of today with Chris Palmer. This morning, okay. If you have your Bible, go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17. I want to begin talking to you this morning on something I haven't talked about in the church yet. It's surprising because I preach on this all the time. It's one of the concentrations of the ministry. We hit on different parts of it. I feel God here this morning. You feel God here. I mean, He's not a feeling, but sometimes He's here and you feel it in your belly. I may just misbehave this morning. I may act like I'm just somewhere where we just hang from the chandeliers. Is that okay? All right. First, I'm going to talk to you this morning about the power, and probably next week, about the power of prayer and intercession. Someone say prayer. Someone say pray for others. Okay. How many want someone praying for you? Yeah, it's nice when someone says they're praying for you. You know what that means? If someone's praying for you, you've got to pray for other people. Otherwise, they're not having no one pray for them. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17. And this is what it says in the New Living Translation. Are you ready? It's really deep, so I want you to get your catchers out because it's so deep you may miss it. Ready? Never stop praying. In the Greek, do you know what this means? Never stop praying. When you break it all up and you excavate it, this is all you're going to find. Never stop praying means never stop praying. What do you mean by never stop praying? That means in your life. As a person, as a Christian, no matter where you are today, be it in a good position and a bad position. May you be happy or if you're sad, if you're dealing with sickness in your body or you're dealing with health, if you're dealing with financial pressure or you're rich as it gets, if you have sadness in your life or if you don't have sadness in your life, you should be praying. You know, we don't stop breathing. So we don't stop praying. As long as there is breath in your lungs, you should be somebody and use that breath to go before God and pray for the things that God wants us to pray about. Somebody give God a praise and say, never stop praying. And you know, there are many people that will say, why do I need to pray? I mean, why is it that I should pray? Because after all, God is sovereign and the sovereign God can do whatever He wants. So why do I need to ask God to help me to pray? And if you're writing notes, I want to answer that question for you as we start this series on prayer. Because when people do not pray, it simply indicates that they just don't believe that prayer works. I remember one time that I bought something off of television. We all know what is called OxyClean. How many have ever bought OxyClean before? How many saw him dump it in that bowl and stir it around? And you thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be wonderful. Well, I'm not trying to bust out OxyClean, but I thought that it would get every stain out that I had and everything that I possibly had. And you know, I got that gigantic bucket. It was like $23.99. You get five of them if you just call within the next 10 minutes, right? Call the next 10 minutes. We'll send you 45 cans of it just for free. It's because no one else is buying it. Because everyone that tried it finds out it don't work. And I started to put it on stuff. Not working. But you know, I was silly enough to buy another product. And this was, Moses, they were sure to say, if you just put this stuff on a scratch on your car, it, it was going to take the scratch out. Just slap it on your car and rub and buff it. And the scratch, it is coming out. It doesn't matter how deep the scratch is. And I bought that stuff and I rubbed it on the car and the scratch got worse. 
And then I got a buffer. I pulled it to a guy in Lance, and he took a buffer, and he didn't know what he was doing. You know, he was just straight out of doing time. You know what I mean? One of those, and just started buffing the car, and buffed the car, and the whole paint was coming off the car. And I said, well, I'm looking for Billy Mays, but it didn't work because Billy Mays died. I couldn't even go looking for him, man, you know? So it didn't work. And you know that people, they look at prayer that way. They just say, well, I tried it. I ordered. I tried to do what God said, but God didn't hear my prayer. And that's not true. As a matter of fact, if you're a person of prayer, you'll find out that prayer does marvelous things and produces wonderful results. And I can tell you after being a Christian for 17 years, the only thing that has gotten me through has been my walk and my communication with the Spirit of God. Someone say amen to that. But God has decided in the earth. It's going to get good this morning. I got some time. God has decided in the earth that He is not going to work independently of men. If you have notes, if you're taking them this morning, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 9. And I'm going to go quick because, you know, I prepare real hard and put a lot together. But we have service tonight. I don't want you to miss it. We're combined with the other wonderful church, Pastor Schubert. And I'm going to be preaching and they're going to be doing worship. And, uh, and the worship team sighed a relief. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it says. God's, it says here, the earth is God's field and he has placed us in that field to work. Look at a neighbor and say, get to work. And prayer is exactly that. You happen to be God's field in which we are working. This is the message translation. Now I'm going to read it one more time. It says, the earth is God's field and he has placed us in that field to work. You're here this morning because you have an assignment over your life. It's not just to go to the bank and count money. The assignment upon your life is to do the work of the Lord. And people that never realize it, they waste their life. They waste their life taking selfies. They waste their life going on Facebook and talking about the salad they had for lunch. If they never find the plan of God, they're wasting their life. Amen. And it says, and it, prayer is exactly that. You're God's field in which you're working. So if you're taking notes this morning, you write this down, that every time you pray... Every time you go before God and acquire in prayer an assignment from the Holy Spirit and you begin to pray that assignment before God, you're in the field. You're taking up your shovel. You're picking up your rake and you're in the field of God doing the work for your master. Can I get an amen this morning? And so you'll see that there are different things in Scripture that prayer brings. And I want to make you mindful of this this morning. These things are don't come to pass without prayer. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse number 14. We know this verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. We know this one. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. But it's all dependent upon the fact, are we going to pray? It says in Psalm verse number 91 and verse 1, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And the scripture goes on to talk to you about protection. You know that protection from your enemies and the dangers of the enemy come as a result of prayer. Can I get amen this morning? You have to dwell and be in your dwelling place. In number three, it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. Going and receiving forgiveness from God is a result of talking to God. 
Come on, let's liven it up in here this morning. Okay. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 6, 9 and 10, After this manner, therefore pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know that the kingdom of God is God's rule and God's authority. It's God's highest will upon the earth. It is God's rule. And you cannot see the kingdom of God without seeing the demonstration of the kingdom of God upon the earth. We'll get to that in just a minute. That means devils coming out of people. That means addictions and bondages broken in people's life. That means that people walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this stuff just does not happen. This stuff, the Bible says, is a result of you going before the Father and saying, God, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so what you'll see in Scripture is that prayer is the engine that causes the kingdom of God to start running upon the earth. If you want to see healing, you have to pray. If you want a church to begin to affect the community in a supernatural way, people have to pray. Can I get an amen this morning? See, when people pray, it puts a vibration in their life. You start walking in a supernatural ability. You don't catch that because you sit around watching gun smoke on television all day. And reruns of Entertainment Tonight. And uh, episodes of King of Queens. No, no, no. You get it upon your life because you have the power and you got that in prayer. Can I get amen this morning? You say, well, he preaches strong. I'm preaching strong. I've been in prayer this weekend. I've been seeking God. I've been hearing from the Lord. Let me come at you with all I got. Is that okay? I'll tone it down for you Thursday. We'll get into the Bible and study, okay? Amen. Okay, Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, you say, well, I just I don't have anything. I just wish God would just bless me. You have to go before God and ask him, God, I need finances. You say, but that's selfish. It's not selfish. Jesus multiplied the bread. He asked the Father, bless the bread. Some people say, I, don't, I like praying for others. I don't like praying for myself. Nobody can pray better for you than you can pray for yourself. And you know, don't go around asking a bunch of people for prayer if you don't know how to pray for yourself. Because guess what? If you don't know how to pray for yourself, you don't know how to pray for anybody else. And you're no effective. Nobody can pray better for you than you know how to pray for yourself because you know your needs better than the person you're asking to pray for unless by the Spirit. Amen, somebody. So somebody say, Lord Jesus. Give me what I need. Say, Lord God, you're my provider. Before you go to bed, uh, before you go to work in the morning, before you put your first, pants, your first leg in your pants, or before you put the dress on, before you get in the shower, you know what you should do. Lift your hands before the alarm clock goes off. Instead of throwing the alarm clock at the wall and letting it smash, you say, Jesus, you are my provider. I'm not going to work today and striving with my boss. I'm not going to work today. You are my provider. It'll change your day. Get up in the morning before you start tasseling with life and before the emails start coming in. You know, Monday morning, you get emails at 5.30. Whenever other day, you get them at 8, right? Monday, just the emails come in early. Before you get 477 emails in your email box coming back from vacation, before you go in the office, lift your hands and say, you're my provider, Lord Jesus. You're the one that gives me my daily bread. I'm not going to fear man. I'm not going to worry about what man does to me. And if they fire me, Lord, you're going to give me a better job because my finances come from you. Can I get amen this morning? All right. It says here in verse number 7 that the expansion of the gospel in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 
2 uh, Thessalonians verse number 3 and 1. This is what it says. Finally, my brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And so in order for the word of God to go forth, we have to be praying for people. And that doesn't just mean that we're supposed to pray for the people that we know uh, right here in Michigan. That means that when we come together, Sister Latanya will tell you this, in our early morning prayer, we often pray for the missionaries that we know in other lands and other countries. Because I can tell you this, you can be closer to somebody by the Spirit than you can to the person sitting right next to you. Because the Holy Spirit has a way of getting you close to the people that you pray for. I also know that when you pray with somebody and you come together, it's very difficult for Satan to get involved in that relationship. If you're praying for a friend, you won't be gossiping about that friend. If you're praying for a friend, you won't be stabbing them in the back. Because prayer produces a faithfulness and a loyalty to the person that you are praying for. And when I see churches that are divided, and I see leadership teams that are divided, it's often because there's no discipleship going on in prayer. And if people would pray for each other, it would be very difficult for them to go around and gossip. Can I get an amen? Unity is contingent upon our willingness to pray for one another. And I don't mean just walk up to someone and put your hand on them and say, Lord bless them. I mean go before God. Open up your closet door and just go to town. Amen, somebody. Anyone see the movie War Room? Okay, like that. Amen. I like that. That's good old-fashioned praying. I like the message of that movie. It's for time to forget all of our toys in church. Time to forget about the way our hair looks and all that. And it's time to forget about even about the way that we sound and get back to transforming prayer that comes by the Spirit. Put me under a wooden bench and a wooden pew and give me someone that knows how to pray and lay hands on the sick and knows how to sling oil and I'm going to be good and I'm going to be great. That's what I'm talking about because I know that when a America and American churches were about prayer. They didn't have the nicest pews. They didn't have the nicest things going on. But those people had prayer. I know that it was a better America back then. And I know that it was a more respectful youth back then. Can I get an amen somebody? I knew it was people. You know they used to have Sunday school inside of churches. You come in and you learn the Bible. and take out Sunday school because the kids are too bored. And now kids don't know basic Bible lessons. Teach the kids something. Don't just give them milk and cookies. Don't just let them play Xbox and children's church and read the comics. Teach them something. Give them substance to hold on to. I know that when people are in Sunday school and they're hearing the Word of God, when they get there out in the world and they start doing things they shouldn't do, they go and they hear in the schools about atheism and how we used to have tales and they hear Bill Nye, the science guy, and all those other atheists, Richard Dawkins, try and tell you why evolutionary theory is right. When you have Sunday school in your life and have the Word of God at a young age, the Holy Spirit acts like someone pulled that rope back and say, no, 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 don't go too far. Come back. Come back to the Word of God because the Word of God acts like a hook in their life and pulls them away. It pulls them out of fornication. It pulls them out of doing things that will ruin and destroy their lives. Amen, somebody. Can I get it? You can clap. Go ahead, clap. Come on, clap. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for clapping. Thank you. Don't be timid. Amen. All right. Write this down now if you're taking notes. God purposed to rule the earth through humans. And that decision was so complete that Jesus Christ became a human forever. When you get to heaven, you will see God in the form of Jesus. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. You'll see that glorious light in which no man can approach. And out of that light will come the God-man Jesus. 
And as a matter of fact, God's purpose and His authority and His activity are forever linked to humans because He is now 100% God and 100% human. And because God has become human in the person of Jesus, He must continually deal with human beings. And the way He does that is through communication and through your prayers. And because He has become robed and glorified flesh, that means good news for you. He hears your prayers and He empathizes with them. That means that when you go to God and you say, God, I'm hurting today. My heart is hurting. People disappoint me. God, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I don't get it, Lord. God doesn't look at you like a cold boss and say, well, just keep working and just keep working. Keep doing the work. God comes to you like a father and says, my heart hurts for you. It breaks for you. I, and, and because his heart breaks for you, he goes and he comforts you and he helps you. But the one thing he is saying to you today, don't cut off the relationship that we have with each other. Because prayer is the power source. Someone say prayer is the power source. Oh, can I get amen this morning? Now, I'm going to skip around a little bit because I'm going to be on this prayer series for a long time. Prayer, not a long, a couple weeks. But write this down. Prayer produces wonderful results in your life. If you want to see wonderful results in your life, you're going to become a person of prayer. And I don't mean just wonderful, like beautiful, nice. Oh, isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? I mean, Moses, something that is supernatural. So supernatural that when people see you, who are natural, they become envious of you. And I'm not trying to make people envy, but it's so powerful that people say, there's something on that person's life that I must have. What is it? And when you do it, it comes through prayer. I know Christians that just, they don't look like the Christians. I know Christians, I, you know, I, there's one guy, he's saying he's a Christian. I'm not going to judge him, but his truth don't show he's a Christian. Today, I'll say this, today we must not pay attention to what people say. We must pay attention to what people do. Because Christianity has become the culture, and the culture has become weaker and weaker and weaker, and people can get by saying they're Christians, and their life do not reflect it. I'm a Christian, but you're out there fornicating. I'm a Christian. You're there lying. We're Christians. You're there living together. Well, we don't believe that part of the Bible. But then you're not a Christian. Because a Christian first comes to God and says, God, I surrender to you. Being a Christian means saying, Lord God, this is my life. And you have it. Yesterday I was in worship and this for a half hour. I didn't ask God for nothing. I just heard myself saying, Lord, use my life. Use my life. Lord, whatever you're doing. There's that song, whatever you're doing in this city, just do, use me, God. Let me be a part of it. Use me. I just want to be used of God. That's what the life of a Christian is. Hello, somebody. And when you have this kind of attitude, I will do anything. Yeah, but if God uses me, I'm not going to get rich. That's okay. But if God uses me, then, 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 then I'm not going to get that. That's okay. You go after God and you'll find that your life begins to make sense more. Amen, somebody. 
Yeah, but, you know, the way of the cross. You know, sometimes people say, I'm going to come to God and he's going to make me famous. No, no, no. You're going to come to Jesus and he's going to put a cross in your hands. And he's going to say, follow me even when it gets tough. Hello, somebody. Can I get an amen? Okay. Number one. This is powerful. When you are a person of prayer, I love preaching on this. God will fill you with his spirit. Thank you, Brother Leroy. I say it one more time. When you're a person of prayer, God will fill you with His Spirit. You say, well, Pastor, I've been filled with His Spirit. I remember back in kids' camp where I went and I laid hands on someone, laid hands on me, I've spoken tongues. But you haven't spoken tongues since. It's been 22 years. God's supposed to fill you with His Spirit every single day. Every single day, you should go to the source and God fills you. You say, Pastor, why do I need God to fill me with His Spirit? Let me show you why, okay? I like to do little illustrations. I'm not a secret church, but you've got to see stuff, okay? Can I show you this? Is this okay? Because people have needs. You have a need? Hold that. Which represents a need? Says Tanisha has a need in her life. Our deacon has a need in his life. Oh, Brittany has a need in her life. These cups represent people's needs. You ever meet people? There you are, sister. And every day, go ahead, hold the cups up. Oh, now this is what it looks like. Every day you go into the world. You walk into the bank where you work. You walk into your job. You see people walking like zombies, spiritually. Believing the world says. Mimicking what the world says. Everything is coming to an end. No, we're going to believe in gay marriage. Kanye West is running for president. And all you do, you just believe what the world says. Everybody's drones. Everybody's repeating. You repeat what you hear Anderson Cooper say. Where you get that? The news. Where you get that? Bill O'Reilly. Where you get that? Hannity. Where you get that? You know, who's the other people on CNN? For the people that are Democrats and liberals and the people that are Republicans. It's all the same stuff. And these are people with needs in their life. But God has made you light. And He, you as a Christian, are supposed to be full of the Spirit. So when you go, you're supposed to be the one that can answer those needs. This is your life. But you have not gone to church. You don't go to a church that preaches the word. You go to feel good church. You go to church where you get goosebumps. The Lord, I start this church because God said, teach the people and get them filled. Don't worry about the goosebumps down your back. You want to know why I'm against that kind of stuff? Because I hadn't been to a youth group one time. We had the nicest and the biggest and the loudest and the funnest. And the, the music was, it would shake you to the core. But you want to know something? They all, after they left, none of them I can find serve God no more. And what I blame to serving God for 17 years, doing the work of God, was I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And the power of God came on my life. And I spoke in tongues. And I learned how to cultivate that by myself in my prayer room. No music, no nothing. And then I had a pastor that came along and taught me the Word of God. And that's what I commit to doing at this church. So what you haven't been to church. You haven't been praying. You just wake up every day and you're empty. So you see the drones. And you say, well, uh, I can't help. Let me help you. But you know what this is, the person? They say, oh, I'm a Christian. You're a sinner. Let me help you. Let me help a Christian. You're a sinner. And you go back, yeah, I talked to her. She just was hard-hearted. Don't want to hear. Let me help you. Yeah, 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 you're just a thief. Sorry, Brittany. <laughs> 
this person over here. Let me help you. Oh, why can't you get the word of God into your heart? Don't you understand the word of God? Don't you see? Why don't you read the books I read? Why don't you read this? Here, watch this YouTube video. Oh, they don't want to receive God's word. What's the problem? You got nothing inside of you. So then you decide that you're going to go to listen to the word of God. Who's the source? You get a Christian that says, I'm going to go to pray. Someone talk you into praying. You go to the source and you fill up. But most people, just a little. I, I, I went to Bible study today. You're not going to receive a filling like you want until you commit to something. I'm going to go to church once a month. I'm going to go hear Pastor Palmer once a month because I like what he has. But, but he's nice. He makes me laugh. It makes me cry. I can do both, trust me. I try to make you laugh now since I got to church. I'd be the evangelist. I'll make you cry that I leave town, right? Yeah, well, I went to church last August. Yeah, Pastor, I've been in your church. Yeah, I got touched by God. Okay, you have this. You go into the world. Okay, Sister Beth has a need. Let me pray for you. Oh, oh. Yeah, you got a need. Oh, run on empty. Because you went to church one time. You pray one time. I read a devotion, you know, the gospel according to Starbucks. You read one. Don't read the gospel going to Starbucks. Read something powerful, anointed by the Spirit. But you're, you're on drops. I'm drops. I'm on drops. You know what you need to do in your life? Every day, you go before God and worship God. I worship you. God says, you worship me? I worship you, God. I praise you. You pray in tongues. Well, I don't believe in praying in tongues. Listen, I got filled with tongues. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. God put his spirit upon me. And, and I became so missionary-minded. Because now, watch this. When you get the Holy Ghost in your life, when you get filled, you want to go. Someone said, why do you always want to go? Why do you use your money to go? Because I'm filled. I am filled with God. And because I'm filled with God, I want to go. Because when you have a feeling in your life, and you're full of the Holy Ghost, you guys can't walk around with it like this. Hello, somebody. The person's filled with God. This is, but some people, but let me just preach it like this. Some people, they get filled every day they're praying. They walk around. Oh, you got a need in your life? Really? Man, come to my church. Just come to my church. You walk away. <laughs> really? Sorry to hear about that. That's no good. Yeah. I'll pray, I'll pray for you. Hmm, how long have you been dealing with that? 20 years. Yeah, I, I believe God heals. Yeah, I've seen him do it one time. Back in 87, I was at a Jimmy Swagger conference. You know, you should go to this church, I know. But today you should go there. Yeah, um, young, yeah, okay, you got a need in your, yeah, well. Okay. Praise God. Hey, on Facebook, guess what? God is good. <laughs> you didn't demonstrate nothing. When you're full of the Spirit, you walk around, you say, oh, wait. You, and you know how to pray. You know how to pray. You walk around and say, you got sickness in your body. I command that sickness to come out of your body and be healed. You walk up to somebody and say, oh, wait, wait, you got depression in your life. You're dealing with grief. In Jesus' name, come out that person. 
but you're running low. It's okay because every single day you go up to the power source and you start praying, God, feel me. God, feel me. God says, I got plenty more where this came from. God, oh, you got a need in your life that you get filled? Oh, you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Let me feel you. Oh, you got a need back here? Oh, let me fill you right now with this. Let me get you nice and wet. Oh, hallelujah. You got a need? Oh, and you got a need in your life? Come on, clap for God. You got a need in your life? I'll fill you with it. I'll fill you with it. I'll fill you with it. But people that don't do that, they can never get more from God. You got to pray. Or you're going to be this empty glass all the time. And you will be the sour-faced Christian always talking about how God never does nothing for you. You can put your glass down or you can drink it. One of the two. It's up to you. Some say, fill it with Kool-Aid next time, Pastor. So I... Somebody say, be a person of prayer. Wait, wait, wait. Now let me explain this to you. What is it that God is filling you with? What is it that God is filling you with? He's filling you with faith, power, the reality of His kingdom, people that are fearful don't understand the reality of the kingdom of God. Well, you know, Brother Palmer, there's a comet going to smack the earth. Well, glory to God. I'll be okay one way or the other. The comet comes flying at us. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is going to hit the earth. What do you think, Brother Palmer, hits the earth? All I know is I'm full of the Holy Ghost and God loves me. God loves me. You must remind yourself every single day, God loves me. Say it. God loves me. When you're going through that crisis, God loves me. I was having a conversation with a pastor this morning at 6 a.m. Because, you know, pastors are up at 6 a.m. on Sunday and up at 12 p.m. every other day. I'm just teasing. It's a joke. Pastor Joe. He said, well, Brother Palmer, you know, we're just uh, the market's going to crash. And, you know, all this stuff. Maybe. I don't know. I, all I know is this. If it does, you're going to be fine. You know why? God loves you. I'm going to preach on that tonight. I can't predict nothing, but I can predict something. We have received an unshakable kingdom. My hope is in this king, not, not in the kingdoms that you see. My hope is not in who gets elected next. Whether it be a Clinton or a Bush or Trump or whatever, it doesn't matter. My kingdom is in that Jesus Christ was appointed the Godhead ruler of the universe and He is the one that has an unshakable kingdom. And when your heart is full of that reality, you want to share that with people. Now watch this. The reality of the kingdom cannot be separated from the demonstration of the kingdom. If the kingdom of God is a reality in your life, you are going to want to go and demonstrate the rule of Christ. The kingdom of God is the rule of Christ. And the kingdom of God has come. So everywhere I go, I'm demonstrating the rule of Christ. And how does that become a reality? Praying in the Spirit. That's what I get into the people. I was at the seminary. They said, we don't believe in the Holy Ghost that way. I said, you can, that's fine. I said, but for me, I mean, I hope, I wish you would, but I believe in it that way because I know that when I pray, something happens to me. So I said, they say, what do you mean something happens to you? Something happens to me when I pray before God. Yes, but we believe the earth was created uh, by a big bang and that protocols. And where did that come from? 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 How about the times I've seen miracles? How about the times I've seen tumors disappear? How about the times I've seen legs grow out? How about the time God has supernaturally provided me? What about all that? Well, you're under a delusion. You're under the delusion. 
Because I know when I go before God, something changes in my life. People are looking for all kinds of hope today, but there's only one hope, and that is the hope that comes from the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. You can write this down. When you start praying, God will put conviction in the way you live. And what do I mean by conviction? Well, turn on QVC, you see conviction. Because those people on QVC will take something ordinary and get convicted by it. And you buy 1,000 of them and give them away as Christmas, birthday, and wedding gifts. I remember my mom used to order stuff off of QVC. And she used to order it and she used to say, don't tell your father. <laughs> Sorry, Mom, it's been 20 years, I can tell you. Don't tell Dad. And I would say, Mom, there's a package. She'd take it and just say, shh. <laughs> They're convicted by it. But you know, let me do one more. I'm not trying to be the circus pastor here, but God gave me these to do. I do them, so you remember them. Many times, your words are like flat balloons. You go to preach... I remember I had a friend in Bible school. He said, Pastor, he said, Chris, he said, I, I stink at preaching. I said, well, at least you can admit it. He said, well, I don't know. I don't know what to preach. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I lead a small group of people, and I don't know what to talk about. I said, you're, you're in Bible school. You've been in for two years. I don't know what to talk about. I said, that's a big problem. That's like being an engineer, and you're supposed to build a bridge, and you don't know how to build a bridge. Everybody's going to die. I don't, know how, I don't know how to say nothing. And you know, many times today, that's how Christians are. You, most important thing to you, so you say is Jesus. You say is the cross. You say the cross is Jesus, is cross, blah, blah, blah. But when you talk to people, you have no power in your witness. So you just talk about Jesus. How many know that's pretty exciting? You talk about the Lord. You say, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And the person's listening. Let me tell you about God. Let me tell you about this. But you don't pray. You don't fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You're not spending time. I don't mean 10 minutes. I mean, you just shut out everything around you and pray. When you don't do that, there's no anointing on your words. There's no anointing on the things that you have to say. There's nothing. Just empty. Well, you say, but yeah, but you got to believe in God because, because uh, the Bible said it. And just nothing, nothing, nothing. But somebody that prays. You start going before God, like Moses did. That's why I wanted him to share his testimony. I'm going to show you what happens to Moses now. You know, he was talking. I felt the presence of God on his words. Felt it on him. I knew he'd been in worship. You know, when someone comes out of prayer, well, I didn't feel, you know, all of a sudden you go before God. God, I worship you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I praise you. Lord Jesus, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. And you're fighting the whole time the bitterness inside you. You're fighting the regret inside you. A million thoughts are going through your mind that are trying to challenge you, tell you why you can't be used by God, tell you how long it's been, tell you why you can't be healed, tell you why this and why that. And the whole time you're worshiping God, you're fighting these emotions, and it's a battle that's going on until all of a sudden you go break through that sound barrier. And the thoughts in your mind cease. The confusion ceases. And then all of a sudden, the presence of God comes. The 
peace of God comes. You go around walking and you suddenly realize all the people you hang out with, how loud they are. And you start to realize you're probably that loud as well. And you know what you do? You tone it down in your life. You tone down the gossip. You tone down the lack, all the, the loud words. You tone down the cussing and the swearing. You tone down all that kind of stuff. And you start walking with the presence of God. And then people start noticing something different about you. You've been in the presence of God. And you know how people notice you? Through your words. And suddenly, your words, which we used to fall flat on the ground, God takes your words. And starts breathing in them. And now, if you can't read it, you have anointed words. The difference is the very breath of God feels what you say. You go before God and you start praying, God, I pray to you, right? Lord, I worship you. And all of a sudden, God starts putting something in the way you talk. Now you carry the presence. The Bible said that when Stephen was full of the Spirit, they could not resist the Spirit by which he spake. The Spirit is what God puts inside your words. You're not worshiping. You're not praying. You have no Spirit in your words. Your words will be empty, powerless. They don't go nowhere. You talk about Jesus, no demonstration. But you start praying, and your words have life. Someone says, well, 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 you know, I, 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 uh, I, I'm going to talk about Jesus. God breathes into you. You start talking about God. Life in your words. Power in your words. Every time that guy talks, there's power. Every time he preaches, there's power. You get around people, well, you know, I don't like churches where the pastor's lot because you haven't been praying. You're not passionate about the kingdom the way he's passionate about. Find the prayer level of the pastor. Find the prayer level of the people. Find the prayer level and start praying the way the people pray. You go out and you see a healing. God does something for somebody. You pray for a blind eye. The blind eye opens. You're going to come into church and, well, yeah, amen, I'm going to pay for it. You're coming to church, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know what God did? I didn't know God could do that. Well, it's not you, it's the grace of God, it's the power of God. Hello, somebody. And then the church starts to experience it. See, it's one thing for the pastor to get up here and every Sunday, yeah, guys, da, da, blah, 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 blah. it's not enough. You go. If you find this week somebody is at the grocery store, and they're behind you just, hey, you know, I hate my life. I want to die. Turn around and say, what did you say? They won't be able to resist the spirit by which you speak. Well, I don't feel like I have anything to say to them. Because you don't step out. And when you talk, you don't even have to witness sometimes. You just walk up to someone. You know, Moses told me, even dealing with his clients, I just had fruitful conversations with them. Can be peaceful. You don't have to always be. You can just walk up to, hey man, how's it going? They just poof, attracted to you. Because people, even if they're sinners, are by nature attracted to the presence of God. But it doesn't start until you say, I'm going to pray. 
You feel down, perfect time to pray. I'm bored, perfect time to pray. I got a long drive, perfect time to pray. I don't feel good, great time to pray. I'm happy, it's a good time to pray. When you do this in your life, everything, everything will change. Don't say, well, the church doesn't preach it that way. It ain't that. Well, the pastor hasn't been talking about that. It ain't that. There may be something you're dealing with in your life, and I am not going to get around to talking about that from the pulpit for maybe six months. You know, I only go by what the Spirit... You need joy in your life? Well, I'm going to wait till the pastor talks about joy. I may not get to joy preaching specifically on it for this year. I don't know. You're going to wait? Or you're going to go before God and say, You give me joy, God. You give me peace, Lord. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Now we talk about prayer. Talk about your words being full of life. Talk about your words being full of power. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Let's lift our hands to God. I want us just to pray in the Spirit for a moment. Or pray in your natural language if you've not been full of the Spirit. And I want you just to thank God. Lord Jesus, I worship you. This takes some time. Lord God, I worship you. Every head bowed. Every eye closed in prayer this morning. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Please don't be looking or moving at this time. It's a very important moment right now. Because I want to give those that are here and have never received Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. You might be a good person. You might be a nice person. You might be a courteous person. You might be a wealthy person. But the Bible also says that you're lost because you don't know God. And it's not just doing good things that changes you. It's knowing God that changes you. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Palmer, I don't know God. I've never been reconciled to God through the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, you're missing out in life. Your life will never make sense. You'll have adventures. You'll meet people that will make life wonderful. You'll fall in love. You might get a good job. But something will always be missing. Ask Deion Sanders, a football star that says after he won the Super Bowl, he got right on the bus and locked himself in his hotel room and called out to God because something was missing after he had bought his $200,000 Lamborghini. Didn't want it anymore. And he's still a servant of God. If that's you this morning... If you want to follow Jesus, you say, how do I know I'm being called by God? He's calling to you because something inside of you is telling you that. If that's you this morning, I can't have time to beg you. We have to close. The next church is coming in three minutes. But if that's you, I want to pray for you. I just want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor Palmer, that is me. Will you pray for me this morning? If there's anybody here, now I sense by the Spirit. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you die and have to stand before God and be unaware of your eternity. If you're here this morning, you say, I've never given my heart to Jesus. And I want to give Him my life. I want my life. You don't have to know everything about it. You don't have to read every book about it. You just got to know that you're convicted this morning and you want to give your heart to Him. If that's you, just raise your hand up high so I can see it this morning. If no one's going to pray with me, I'm going to close in prayer. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray over you all this morning. Take hands with the neighbor beside you. Take hands with the neighbor beside you. Find someone next to you. Take hands. Let me pray. 
I want to pray for the power of God in your life to transform you. Father, I pray for the light of today this week. We are light today in the world. We are light today in the world. We have the Holy Spirit and we can pour it into people. And this morning I ask you, God, fill us. Say, Lord Jesus, fill me. Say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray for divine appointments. I pray for divine encounters. I pray the supernatural power of God. Touch each and every person this morning, God. Just lift your hands and pray. Just pray in the Spirit right now. I pray in Jesus' name. I pray. I curse cancer. Come out of this body in Jesus' name. I take authority over cancer right now. You leave this body alone. You come out. Leave, leave her body in Jesus' name. Just pray. I got two minutes. Father, in Jesus' name, I command grief to go. Grief you leave this dear sister in Jesus' name. You leave her. Spirit of grief. You go in the name of Jesus. I break the power in Jesus' name. Go ahead, pray in the Holy Ghost. I break the power. I break the power of everybody. In the name of Jesus. I command life and peace and wholeness to fill you right now. In the authority. In the name of Jesus. I pray the peace of God. I pray the peace of God. Yeah, I pray the peace of God in the name of Jesus. 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 Glory to God. More of your presence, God. More of your presence. May he be filled with more of your spirit. More of your spirit this morning, God. More of your spirit. More of your spirit, Father. In Jesus, God. Like a blanket surrounding him, Lord. Like a blanket, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let more of your spirit transform your people. More of your Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hands to God right now. Let's thank Him for His Spirit. You're going to sense something on you when you leave. You're going to sense the presence of God on you. You're going to sense the presence of God on you. Hallelujah. You're going to sense God's presence. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We have to respect that we have another church that comes in here. But I will tell you this. We have now that you've heard the light of today, connect with us. Go to our website, lightoftoday.org. Write us at P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or tweet Chris Palmer at twitter.com forward slash Chris Palmer. Our podcasts are free and updated regularly, so make sure to share them with a friend and tune in again to The Light of Today with Chris Palmer.